0: That time of the year, New York Rangers hockey is upon us. New coach with Peter Laviolette. I do expect some early season struggles. Preseason wasn't great. And again, you can't look too much into preseason. I think the Rangers went one and five. But there was a similar feeling to what we saw at the end of last year, which wasn't great. But what I want to discuss today is the opening night roster. Uh, and... Most of it is what you'd expect, but some surprises um, and one really a pleasant surprise. And sometimes what happens, though, is, you know, what you see for the opening night roster, things can look very different. You know, if you just fast forward like a month from now, uh, you don't really know. Um, you know, some people can impress in camp, but can they sustain it? But... This is a more of a defenseman friendly system. So I do think in terms of goal prevention, I think that should be in a good place. I guess let's start with the goaltenders. So Igor Shosturkin has looked sharp. Now last year, for his first half of his season was not great for Igor. But in the postseason, really was the one bright light uh, you know, specifically, and there's others that, that, you know, Chris Crotter, you know, had a successful series, but but Shisterkin, uh kept the Rangers in every game, even though the Devils were the better team. And Igor last year, I, I think he would be the first to admit like it wasn't. We knew it couldn't have been. I mean, 2022 was just remarkable. I mean, he was an MVP finalist, but Igor is someone that should be in Vezina consideration just about every year. So, you know, excited to see what he will do and and would expect good things and um, hopefully a more consistent, better regular season than last year. Backup goalie Jonathan Quick, I'm concerned about that. Uh, And I kind of, you know, when the Rangers signed him, I was concerned then. And Yaroslav Halak last year also, like, really, really struggled early on, but found his groove and, and ended up being a very, very solid backup. and. You know, Benoit Lair deserves a lot of credit. And I think, like, you got you to gotta be patient here and hope that Lair can help Jonathan Quick. But it didn't look great in preseason. I just, maybe I'll be dead wrong here, but I don't know. I don't know. And, and look, there's some other goalies in the system that are kind of intriguing, whether it be a Dylan Garand who, um, Garand, uh, who, is a young goalie and and, and you know, isn't really ready for the NHL level, but someone that I think that there's high hopes for. Or even a guy like Louis Domingue, who the Ranger fans you know mo- know mostly from that 2022 playoff series against the Penguins. Like, you know, he's certainly a good third goalie. As a backup, Domingue maybe leaves a little bit to be desired, but the point that I'm trying to make is that Jonathan Quick, he will definitely get the opportunity based on his resume. But you know could this be i don't know i mean it's a different situation but it reminds me of 20 the 2013 14 season when you know under new head coach Elaine Vigneault where Marty Biron it got bad to the point where he had to retire uh after that debacle in San Jose where the Tomas Hertl i think scored about four goals it might have been and it was just a disaster and then Cam Talbot emerges and Cam Talbot to this day is still you know uh, has been a very solid a goaltender in this league. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Quick. Now let's jump to the, de- to, to the defensemen. So the Rangers are going to be carrying seven defensemen, which was expected. And we'll start from the bottom, I guess. The seventh defenseman is Zach Jones. And that was known because Jones, they were not going to expose him you know, like to, to waivers. If they sent him down or tried to, he would have been claimed plain and simple. So, so Zach Jones in a way kind of has that Lebor Hayek role, which is like, which is sad to say, um, like would Zach Jones have made this team? Maybe. I, I don't have a problem with it. Certainly. Like I think that with Zach Jones, like there's, there's some upside there. He doesn't have much size. He's definitely more offensive minded. And Jones, I hope that he's not like a regular healthy scratch. With that said though, the third pair is now Eric Gustafson and, and Raiden Schneider. Eric Gustafson is probably one of the better left side third pair defensemen the Rangers have had in a while. They've been trying to fill that void for, for a bit here. Uh, whether that be a Hayek, uh, for example. Whether that be even like an Anthony Boteto. I, I think I'm forgetting someone from that 2021 season. Uh, oh, 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 Brendan Smith. Brendan Smith, who like was a fine option. But then Patrick Nemeth was a fail. Then the, in the playoffs, they went to uh, Justin Braun. And then last year, it was how did it start out? I guess Zach Jones was part of that, as well as Lee Borhayek. And then the Rangers traded for Nico Mikula, who I thought did a nice job. But Eric Gustafson, who played under um, LaViolette in Washington last year, looked really good. He is more of an offensive minded defenseman, but like this is someone the way I see it. Now, that is locked in as, like, a definite guy that really won't be healthy scratched. I mean, sure, if he were to struggle at points, yes, like, he would be susceptible to it. Whereas, for example, the top four defensemen, even if they struggled, they wouldn't be healthy scratched. So, yeah, maybe. My point is this. I think Braden Schneider is probably the one that's more likely to be a scratch in order to get Zach Jones in there. The unfortunate thing with with that is that then you'd have two left-side defensemen on, on the third pair, um, or not necessarily the third pair. If you want to juggle the other pairs, you will have one pair that is two left-handed guys. So we'll see. Because to me, I kind of look at Braden Schneider as that sixth defenseman. I think Gustafson's the five, but maybe, maybe it's interchangeable, possibly. But I think to start, Zach Jones will be the healthy scratch. But... I think it is in their best interest. You don't want them to just sit. You really don't. And so maybe this can be a platoon situation, which isn't ideal because you still you still want Braden Schneider. Uh, they're both young defensemen. They're both 22 years old. They might feel like they're older than that, but they came up at a very young age. Uh, and so we'll see. Zach Jones, you know what? It's also kind of like, a. it kind of also feels like a Nils-Lundqvist situation from a couple of years ago. Uh, that That's a guy that I kind of forgot was in the mix. Where, look, like, he could be someone that is eventually dealt. Um, we'll see. It'll be interesting. But the defenseman, it's a good... Look, this is... The defense should be pretty good. And for now, it'll be lingering with Fox and Miller with Truba. But Lavillette has shown, like, I don't know, they might switch that up at times. And, look, I'm open to that, like, in terms of... I think that they should start out that way. Absolutely. But if there are struggles... Yeah, I think you can get a little creative, and I think you can, you know, I think you can move Guts of Sin up to the top four and not and not have it completely burn you. And so it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Now let's move to the forwards. This out of everything was where you know, the most maneuverability and like the most competition could happen. And that did play itself out. So let's talk about the players. that You know, I should also mention Ben Harper. He he was essentially the eighth defenseman. Um, and so he would probably get the first call up. I would imagine would be Ben Harper. Uh, although like, a guy like Mac Hollowell, who's a right-handed right uh, handed guy, uh, showed up pretty well. Connor Mackey was a quick, you know, I thought maybe Connor Mackey would get more of a luck he didn't. Uh, Matthew Robertson, I, I, I'm just, I think I don't know. I wasn't overly impressed by Matthew Robertson. So, again, Ben Harper is probably the guy that will get the call, you know, if if someone gets hurt. Forward-wise, let's talk about the players that didn't make it first. Johnny Bradzinski was really the one that it was looking like he was going to make it as the 13th forward, and that didn't happen. Uh, but he was the one, you know, and, and look, like, we didn't really know that going in. Because there were guys like, for example, um, well, I guess Alex Belziel maybe comes to mind the most. I kind of thought that maybe like he had a chance as that 13th guy. That didn't come to fruition really at all. There was Raleigh Nash, who's older and has been around for a while. You know, there were guys, but really Brodzinski is the one where he will likely get the first call. Another guy that, again, like I think that there's definite promise for, of course, is a first-round pick. Brennan Othman... I think with a good first half in Hartford could certainly be someone you see up with the Rangers in the second half of the season, maybe even earlier. But I think Othman is someone that I thought it was more good than bad. He kind of, you know, petered out by the end of the, uh, by the end of preseason. But I thought, you know, I I like what I've seen from him. And I think there's definite potential there. So now let's talk about the guy that made it. That honestly, I didn't think, I I thought he probably wouldn't have everything being equal. I thought they probably would have went with like a you know like I said a Brodzinski type, but no. Will Cooley was really really good, and we saw him last year. I actually went to one of the games that Cooley played. He played four games last year for the Rangers um, and didn't make much of an impact. He got into a uh, maybe let's see, was it one fight or two? Um, must have been yeah, must have been two. So he you know he's willing to drop the gloves, but forget about that. This is someone that was a second-round pick. He is part of, you know, he was traded. The Rangers got him when they traded Leas Anderson to the Kings. So Cooley was a late second-round pick by the Rangers in 2020. I believe it was 2020. Yeah. And last year for Hartford, you know, 69 games played, 25 goals, 20 assists, 45 points, and a plus 10. Pretty good. You know, pretty good in what was his first full season with Hartford. He had played with them a little bit in 21, um, 18 games. But yeah, like this was someone that was knocking on the door and he made it. And he is going to play. And here's the thing, like he is going to play. And that was a big decision because now that's going to come at the expense of someone else. So that's where things get interesting. So let's talk about the lines of what it might look like. So the first line will probably be, and this is going to change a lot, like I, I think probably across the world, but I think the one line right now that I feel most sure about is Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Crowder and Capo Kako, and it speaks mostly to Kako. Granted, there's not a whole lot of right-wing competition, but I really hope that he can take this and run. I thought he had a good preseason, and that line has shown good chemistry. I, I, I'm glad they're sticking with that. Like, they should try to stick with that. That combination has done well. And then they, they kind of went away from it. I think let this go. Let let this, you know, run. And even if it struggles, give it some time. I, I think that this is a line that makes sense. And, you know, from the Crowder standpoint of it, look, I'm fine. If you want to go Crowder, with. if there's times when you want to go like Crowder with Trocheck, totally fine with that. But for now, it, I guess I'm more speaking to let having Kako play with Zabanajad. Now with ad, let's hope he gets off to a good start. He's, you know, he's shown to be very streaky and a bit of a slow starter. Now last year, you know, I think about I guess the, the first game against Tampa, like he did well in that game, and I think you know. But overall, I don't know. Like with Mika, you want to see consistency because again, like he he can be streaky. So yeah, that's the first line. Then let's let's talk about lines two and three. It appears as if line two will have Heedle, who did get hurt for a little bit uh, in training camp. Uh, he will be centering Artemi Panarin, and right now, this where is where it's a little up in the air. Will Cooley, who is a left wing, the last Ranger practice he was on the right wing with them, and that's interesting. But the big takeaway is, and I like this having Heedle with Panarin. Now, like that has not been a combination much, and could it change quickly? It could. But I I really hope that they can stick with that. Because I really think that Heedle with Panarin um, could be very interesting. And, you know, Heedle is more of a shoot-first sort of center. uh, More of a goal scorer. And Panarin is more of a guy, as a wing, more of a distributor. Has good vision. Like I feel like it could be an interesting combination. They both like to carry the puck, which I guess is, you know, could cause some problems. But, yeah. But it's interesting. You have Cooley on that right side. So, you know, I think that they might actually try to, I could see them trying to start with that. It's Cooley is going to need to be defensively responsible, which that is part of his game. They, you know, I think that he is someone that has some two-way ability, but of course he's a young player. So I guess I do worry about it on the like that line defensively. You're hoping to see some growth from Philip Heedle. Um, and we have slowly but surely, but he's not a guy that like has really ever been close to being like a penalty kill guy, you know, but it takes some time. Look at Chris Carter, like the beginning of his career for years and years. You never thought he'd be a penalty kill uh, person, but now he is. So, you know, we'll see. Now let's talk third line. It would appear right now it might be Alexi Lafreniere, who let's we'll talk about him. Trocek centering and then Blake Wheeler on the right side. So what I take from that is Trocek and Wheeler being a combo. I think that Lafreniere and Cooley, that could switch, right? It might end up being Lafreniere on that right side with Heedle and Panarin. Although again, I I certainly worry about, I worry about the defensive side and and Lafreniere is more comfortable on the left side, but Hey, you know, he's going to have to go on the right. If it's going to have to be Panarin and Carter on the left side, it's going to be Lafreniere. That's going to be the one that's going to have to be on the right. That's been a conversation before Lafreniere. I was not impressed with him at all, by what I saw in exhibition, um, this is a really big season for him. Like, and fans are starting to get frustrated. Like that's the sense I get where he was really being defended for a while. I I don't sense that anymore. I I think that like, this is big for him and Hey, like there is a world in which he could be a healthy scratch at times. Now we're not there yet. I'm just saying like that exists. I hate to say it, but it exists. Um, But yeah. So Trocek, this will be interesting. You know, I think that those lines will get fairly equal distribution, but Trochek was more of the second line center and he more of the third. But now the Heatles with Panarin, it's a little bit of a switch. And the Trochek line will be kind of seen as more of a, although, although again, Blake Wheeler is not a defensive specimen by any means. Um, you know, certainly more of an offensive-minded forward. So we'll see what happens. There'll be a lot of changes, but that's the look right now. And Will Cooley will be in the top nine, which is important. that's why he made the team. And so what does that lead you with? It leads you with four players. That leaves you with Barkley Goudreau, Jimmy Vesey, Nick Bonino, and Tyler Pitlick. We had suspected that Bonino uh, and Pitlick would make the roster, you know, when they made these moves on July 1st. Like that, I expected that. And, you know, um, Benino didn't stand out, but this is a veteran in this league who, you know, look, his better days are surely behind him, but defensive minded has played under Laviolette with Nashville. So, you know, you know, he's going to get, you know, a chance. Definitely. Pitlick, I thought he got hurt by the end of preseason, but I actually thought he looked pretty good. Got some size, got some speed. Like I, I liked what I saw from him. What it looks like right now, again, you know, opening nights, this is as I'm recording this, this is Monday and Thursday is opening night at Buffalo. Uh, Jimmy VZ might be the healthy scratch, which don't expect that to be something that you see regularly, right? That's why I think this Cooley edition really makes it interesting, as far as there's going to be like a different healthy scratch kind of every couple of games, the way I'm seeing this. Um, and so yeah, VZ might be that first guy. Pitlick certainly in the running, and and, and I'd say Benino as well. Goodrow isn't really going to be someone that's scratched. I, I want to see a little bit more from Goodrow, uh, although that's tough to ask for. Again, that contract is just not good. Four more years over three point five million per season. It's not fair. Like it's not Goodrow's fault. Like he signed the contract. Like it, you know, but it just. He could certainly be, you know, he could certainly be making a lot less. Um, And so, you know, for his role, it's just not requisite for what he's paid. But again, the intangibles are certainly there with with Goodrow. And, you know, but yeah, expect Bonino to center that fourth line, probably flanked by Goodrow and Pitlick with Vizia's healthy scratch. But could it be something different again? You know, you got some players dealing with some level of injury. I think Heedles back to full health. Lafreniere, was banged up and I think he's okay, as I mentioned Pitlick, so we'll see. But there's definite competition for the forwards and that's definitely, I think, the most interesting unit of all. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be three out of those four will make up that fourth line, like definitely. Um, but of course, with injuries, expect a guy like Goodrow or VZ to move up to the top nine. Whereas Benino and Pitlick, well, certainly Benino. Benino will almost always be in the fourth line. Pitlick, I guess he can move up. Uh, you know, maybe to a third line role if need be. Also, last thing I want to mention: Adam Fox is now uh, wearing an A. So, congrats to him. Last year, it stayed the same. Obviously, Truba was named captain, but you know, Ryan Strom was an A a couple of years ago, and he you know signed with the Ducks. They never replaced that A. Um, so they had the four A's with Panarin, Zabana, Jed, Crowder, and Goodrow. But now Adam Fox, that's a you know, pretty big deal that he, you know, um, obviously this will be his, what, his fifth season? It might be more than that, actually. No, this will be his sixth. Wow. Um, no, 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 sorry. Fifth. The 2020 season? Yeah, his fifth season. So, um, was the you know runner-up for the Norris Trophy last year? Won the Norris Trophy a few years ago. So, yeah, like it just goes to show the evolution, and that now he's part of this leadership group. Um, you know, no controversy there. But they could have easily they could have easily stuck with what they had. Um, you know, some teams do it differently, but the Rangers certainly don't mind handing out those letters. And Adam Fox uh, will be a part of that. So it'll be. Uh, now, five A's and, you know, it's always, confi- you know, it's always, uh, some teams do it differently where you have some at home that wear it, some on the road, they'll, they're probably, I'm not sure how they'll do this, but it's an odd number of alternate captains. So anyway, uh, Adam Fox is now part of that group. So going to be excited for the season to begin, you know, with the Yankees not making the playoffs and the Giants season basically already being over. There's a lot of like need for the Rangers to do well. I got to be honest. I, I, I think I'm a little skeptical. I think this is a playoff team. I don't think it's a division winner. Could it crack the top three? Maybe. I mean, to me, they'll finish anywhere probably from two to five. I mean, this is a wide range. Two to five in the Metropolitan Division. Um, I'll go more like three or four if if we're going to zero in. I'll say more three or four that they'll finish within this division. You know, in the top half, but I don't think that... You know, I got to give the nod to Carolina and the Devils. Uh, you know, that that I have to do. But they'll be in that range with, uh, you know, the Penguins, the Islanders. Like, I think that they'll be somewhere in there. So, um, yeah, first game at Buffalo. Then they go to Columbus Saturday. And then they're home versus the Coyotes for their home opener. So, um, not a murderer's row first three games. Although, Buffalo really ha- has been coming on strong. And I think that's a team that's, you know, continuing to make strides. So, should be exciting uh expect igor uh i would think igor might play the you know because they, don't, they just don't really have a, a back-to-back to start for a bit so Igor should get igor should get a lot of work to start out but again that is your opening night roster barring anything unforeseen for the 2023-2024 new york rangers season